0: Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's d-h-a-r-m-a-media.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations. So back with the crew this week, uh, got Peace, Caitlin, Jante, Z. And Z, today we're talking about drama. So we were talking about this a few minutes ago. And this is something that is interesting to me. It's very topical. It's been coming up in my family. And in fact, it's been coming up with my kids. It's a tendency that I've seen to take situations which are very ordinary situations. So it might be things like frustrations, uh, things didn't work out the way someone expected, or it could be a challenge with a homework problem and it just feels harder or you feel like you're stuck with that homework problem. And taking something that to me isn't that big of a deal and just escalating it and taking nothing and turning it into something. So suddenly the fact that uh, one of my kids can't do a math problem turns into this big crisis and it's like, oh my God, I don't know anything. How am I ever going to do this? How come everyone else is so much smarter than I am? And What's really interesting to me as a parent when I look at this is I feel like my whole job is de-escalating. So it's not even about the math or the reading or whatever. I feel like my kids are very well equipped to do that. I'm not concerned about their academic ability. What I'm really concerned about is getting them in the right frame of mind. So if I can get them away from the anxiety, away from the drama, take something from a level 10 down to a one or a two is something more appropriate, then that suddenly changes the entire dynamic. suddenly they're able to focus, they can concentrate, it becomes a lot more efficient because you're not spending all this time complaining, your heart rate goes down, <laughs> you know you're not your mind isn't going in a hundred different directions, so suddenly you're paying attention, which means that not only does it take less time since you're wasting less time, it also means you're more efficient you have a higher probability of success. Everything starts working correctly when you can de-escalate and get out of this high-drama state. And I see this with my kids, obviously, but also it seems to be a tendency that a lot of us have, uh, which is to take situations that don't really have any meaning and turn them into big problems, Uh, turn them into situations where uh, there's some some theater around it. And sometimes the consequences are tragic. So we were just talking about this incident of road rage uh, where someone that you went to, uh, I believe it was, a, I forget if it was high school or college, but uh, someone that you've known, high school. So someone you've known uh, for a long time uh, was just murdered in Oakland uh, because uh, he cut someone off or someone thought that he cut them off and this person tracked him down and, and shot him. So, you know, what? what is that? It's a very innocuous situation. And you take that innocuous situation and suddenly you create this whole story in your mind. Like, oh, my God, how dare this person do this to me? Don't they know who I am? I can't let them get away with this. I have to go and prove myself. And maybe you're not even conscious of the storyline, but these are the impulses that you're feeling. And it leads to a horrible outcome. It also makes no sense just from a personal standpoint even if you're a total psychopath and have no problem killing people, you're going to the j- you're going to jail for the rest of your life, so there's no good outcome uh, for you personally. And a- again, it's this tendency towards drama. Uh, I see it a lot of times interacting with people, interacting with family, where there's no need to discuss anything. Uh, so you know it, my view is that if there's a problem in front of us, we can deal with that problem, but we can't deal with hypotheticals. So we can't deal with, well, what if this happens? And then it's like this endless set of contingency planning. Uh, Okay, what if our flight is late? What if the weather is bad? The flight is late. Then we get on another flight. But what if there's no room on that flight? What are we going to do? And to me, it's like, why even bring this up? Uh, Let's just see what happens. Most of the time, these problems work themselves out. Or it turns out that there is no problem. But it's this tendency of always anticipating, of always planning, And there's a certain amount of drama that goes along with that. So we see this in a lot of situations, Z. And I don't think it's any good for anyone. I mean, when I look at it, it raises blood pressure. It just creates a lot of anxiety. So even if you're not the one who's prone to drama, being around that, at least for me, it makes me uncomfortable. I just want to get out of the situation. I want to physically distance myself and go away. And restore some kind of calm, you know, some kind of nice oasis where I I don't feel like everything is this state of urgency. I don't really know what it is. I mean, I know part of it is related to the general level of anxiety that people feel, which we've talked about. Part of it, and I'm curious about your perspective on this, I feel is that people want something to do. You know, it's a form of entertainment. So there's always some storyline, some narrative. You sit down with your friends, you gossip, you talk about how. The world is out to get you about how someone did this to you or someone did that to someone else. And all this drama, it's like uh, watching a soap opera in real time. So you take life and you turn it into this soap opera, this narrative. And I guess we all do that to some extent. I mean, we have incomplete information and we impose our stories on the world. Uh, But if we're aware that we're doing that, hopefully we we can limit the impact of that. We can strip away those stories to the bare minimum. And look at what is unfolding in as clean a way as possible instead of imposing our biases and our judgments and our backstories, which, again, to me, serve no purpose. But maybe uh, for some, it's a form of entertainment and it's it's something in some cases to create a sense of self-importance like this is your purpose in life. You know, everyone's out to get you and you're fighting the good fight and you're proving the haters wrong. When in reality, no one gives a shit about you. (laughs) But you feel important because you've got this drama going on in your mind. So this is what I think about when I think about drama. I feel like if we can move past it, we can get that peace of mind. We can get that focus. We can work more effectively. Give us your thoughts on drama. And maybe just give us some sense for why you think this is a problem to begin with.
1: Then we're always going to go back to our mission with this uh, podcast we do with this underlying philosophy of the dispassion observer, the opt-out attitude that we bring to us, how we want to be clear of the herd mentality. I want those of us in our community, uh, this global community of people who think for themselves. And in thinking for yourself, you start to look inner, you go deeper into your own self and say, what are things that I could do to make my my life and the people around me lives healthier, better, well, how can we live this short existence out just in a more tranquil way in a more um, relevant way. And so that we don't look back on the years and and months and and days of our lives as if we've wasted time, right? That's, that's just one of the most painful things in the world to feel like you've worked on something really hard, whatever it is, and it was a waste of time. And that can, Easily shift, and that waste of time is measured by what you got out of that time or what you invested in your time based on what you got out of it. And when it comes to one of these life sucking diseases, such as being overly dramatic or melodramatic, this is one way that we waste the energy of our life and put ourselves in spiritual, emotional, and physical deficit. I was reading real quick, I downloaded just drama and I was looking at most of it relates to theater, but there was one thing that said it could be comedy, tragedy, tragic comedy and melodrama. And when I heard that word melodrama, it's this, this really sad, like you're wanting to be in a sad story all the time. You want to be in a state of low interest. You want to just be that ostrich with its head in a hole watching a movie play in that hole. While the world is going on, just a waste of divine time. And so, when you do that, there is a visceral, a physiological, and a gross negative implication to your health and well being. So, what is this drama all about? People work themselves up into the theater of life. The great yogis always said, this is God's cinema, right? Neurologists talk about how the prefrontal cortex of the brain is an ever-playing movie of possible scenarios or retelling of history or recalling of history and putting you in there as a significant um, actor. In almost any story we tell about history, whether we're watching or something, it'll say, well, I was doing this, and then the plane blew up, and let me tell you what I felt and did. So. Part of that theater in our mind is to give us relevance. And the more that you express, exact upon in life, the less you need to enhance your role in the theater of life because you are participating in life. And in that participation in life, there's a natural exhaustion where once you participate in life, Another part of your life is turn down the volume and deal with stillness, so you can do it again. So when you don't have that, you're never still in your consciousness. So I think about the drama when I look at people's health and the burdens that they invite into their life, like a soap opera, like you watch these very different serials on TV that they have or, or, or on the Internet. And stuff. You, you watch these programs. And the people are always doing stuff that gets them deeper into a drama. Nobody, like most of these things can end in two episodes, like like Breaking Bad, right? You could just end it in two or three episodes, I'm selling crack, whatever he's doing, and I'm going to keep a low key, blah, blah, blah. Or no, he has to invite a friend, and then the the brother-in-law, and you see all this drama. But at the end result, everybody's dead anyway. Why didn't we just speed up? Why didn't we just eliminate 50 episodes, cut the drama? Well, that's there because on that low level of ego, when that ego harassment, it craves relevance. So melodrama, people bring up melodrama, making much ado about nothing, right? I think Shakespeare said something. Much ado about nothing. Much ado about nothing. Think about how sad that is. Just... Really, let's just meditate on that. When life is something, having people that you love in your life is the greatest something. And But you're making a big to-do about nothing. Right? And so we want to explore the disease of that, On, on, on of course, on whatever we call the quantum level, the spiritual, intellectual level. And then, uh, then there's a physical effect, because it takes a lot of energy to be deployed, to be dramatic, you could probably you know, cure your COVID if you weren't so you'd have the reserves in your immune system. There are many diseases we're ravaged with, all forms of cancer, all that. And I would guarantee you, if you look back at the pathology of the, uh, the, the antagonist to your health, people with dramatic temperaments tend to suffer more from diseases, is what I have seen. And the disease is, is introduced in life, and it benefits them by quieting them down. People tend to be more focused on the relevant things in life than the melodrama of life when they're not well. Sad enough, good enough. And so, we have these different drama models, where you have what I is close to our, us here uh, is the male-female drama model. I was listening to uh, a discussion and a guy was saying, that, they were saying, what do men want? And they interviewed a bunch of men and they said, well, we just want peace and tranquility or in, in so many words, when we go home and the women didn't understand what that meant. And they were complaining. When I come home, my husband, at the end of the day, my husband just wants to sit on the couch or he likes to work in the, uh, in, in his, uh, his study or whatever. And he just Wants me to sit there with him. And then it's like the end of the day and I have so many things that I need to do. And I'm like, w- what do you need to do? It's called the end of the day for a reason. You understand? It's called the end of the day for a reason. And so a big part of our intimate life is quiet and still, right? Right? I think it's quiet and still. When I'm in the best, if, if I reflect upon uh, my limited experience with women, the best days I've had with the women in my life were quiet times. Just lying on the patio in a, in a room in Maui, just here feeling the sea breeze and being with somebody that I adored or, or adored me, and we just nerd, we just had this battery recharge thing going on. If I think about the best times that I have with my family is when there is the steady, rhythmic murmur of all the goings with the kids, and we're in sync, and I could do that forever. Now, what what poisons that? What's the oil in the water bucket? Melodrama. Discussing what might happen, what did happen, that becomes a theater in itself. So the miming uh, and the theatrical presentation of life takes away from life really happening. And it drains you. It's exhausting. It hurts you. It's ulcerative. It's everything ugly. But some people feel that that drama, for some reason, is important. Like it says in the description, some people who yearn for the melodrama because their everyday life is numb. And I think the only way your everyday life could really be numb is if you do not have that good old gratitude. I think that's why people who have lost many people, who have seen murder, seen death, seen people taken away too long, tend to be less dramatic people. This is what I found. It's not necessarily a, 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 a big uh, study group, but it's what I know is that hardship, deep, deep grieving, the wounds of loss tend to make you have a lesser appetite for drama. I'm just glad to get through the day. I called a friend today, the other day, and I said, I'm just glad you're here. Talk to you later. He said a few words. I talked to a young man who used to um, be with us, work here with us, Ryan. And he's, uh, he moved back down south where he was from. And he called me one night and, and just to hear his voice. And I said, I'm glad you're here. And he said, I'm glad to talk to you. just want to let you know I'm okay. I appreciate that so much. No, you know, I didn't need a bunch of stuff because I've had that. I've really been, oh no, oh no, so and so's dead. Let's go get the body. Uh, the when's the funeral? Let's go tell his wife and kid. Ke- I, I, that's too much drama. Can we just go and come? And some people call that boring. <clears throat> and I've heard many men in our in our in our traditional classical type of male female dynamic. I didn't speak for the things going on today because I can't. I'm not expert in that. I'm an expert in what I know, and I know classic male, female. A lot of guys complain about overly melodramatic women and how it drains the love from the relationship when everything they have is right there under their roof, but the woman can't sit still, or she's complaining. She's not hungry. There's a roof over your head. The kids are safe. You have no material wants. None at all. No material wants. On this day, in this moment, in what we call the living, being amongst the living, you have no issues. So then you bring in the theater of melodrama. You want to be sad. You want to be angry. You want things not to work out in this theater. you're, You're doing that because everything is working out. Caitlin told me a cool thing. She said the way she deals with her her craving for drama is venting it through reality shows right Caitlin you talked about that yes fill us in give us some insight give us we're, we're sitting here with three fellas and we have one uh, lady here uh, no pronouns nothing like that uh, and she will explain to us that part of uh, the female of the species and drama <laughs> because we're curious to know
2: i mentioned it because i i do like to get together with my friends uh my girlfriends and we do like to watch shows uh from varying from like the the housewives yeah, to... don't promote
1: any of that stuff but,
2: I, you can... but i'm just telling <laughs> you um, no there's a difference in brand of drama that's true,
1: that's true. so it's all the same it's just all looks like a clusterfuck but go on
2: yeah no i know but still um you know i feel like it gives us that outlet to
1: just vent vent what what's so bad in your life that you're venting
2: but that's the thing it's it's not we're not going through crazy stuff it's just it's a way for us to just purge that really petty stuff that we i don't want to bring into
1: did you guys hear that petty stuff yeah but I want to get into that. We're we're, we're not attacking you, right, fellas? We're not attacking because I really struggle with this. I
3: also want
1: to flip, and and, and I want to know yeah. what is the draw, what is the draw to the petty stuff, because in my life experience, and Vin, a piece, all of you guys can speak to it. I love when nothing's happening.
4: <laughs> you, you, you're, no, really, is that does that resonate with you, Peace? Very much so, because I think that we've all had a lot of stuff happening
3: when we came Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Right?
4: At
1: a, 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 <laughs> a certain time, I like, love good. when nothing's happening. <laughs> yes. So, you see, so when Caitlin says that, it's like, yeah, this stuff is petty. And if you act upon the pettiness, it has the same effect as real heavy stuff happening. It's the same effect, but and it costs just as much, but it gives you nothing in return.
2: Yeah, but it's also wildly entertaining. Wow, <laughs> <But> that's what, <laughs> to that's me. What, that's
1: wow, what I get it. What what it. it, Caitlin. I'm I, I so glad you're hilarious. saying this, no, really. and everybody my that watches
2: it. yeah, yeah, yeah it's, my like, it's, it's, it's it's like real. that bad it's habit real. that you just like ah, I just gotta get up, and I'm not, and you know I'm not. A regular person, I go it's like I'll be in a mood. It's not like it's my regular programming. Mm-hmm. It's like every now and then I just wanna watch some chicks get in a fight and it feels Oh, my, okay.
1: <laughs> oh my god stupid stuff. Oh so again, are you hearing this? I, Good I, God.
2: I can feel a little bit better about my life. <laughs> what?
1: I thank you for being here, K Ka- uh, be <laughs> I, I appreciate yes. your honesty, your candor. I appreciate the, fem- the female perspective of things oh, that I will yeah. never understand. And it is scary to hear it, but I am so glad and I, and, and I love you for this because it does give us clarity. It's like the confessions of an execution, you know, guy getting ready to be executed. The, yeah, I killed everybody. Let me tell you how I did it, where I buried the bodies. And you wonder, why did he kill everybody? Yeah. Caitlin is, is like the, ex- the guy getting executed that just tells the truth.
4: The exact truth, because the 12 elements of drama. Mm -hmm. Tension, timing, rhythm, contrast, mood. So when you said that, (laughs) the mood you're in, that's when you're willing to be able to watch that, right? Space and language, Mm -hmm. right? Wow. And then there was something that you wanted to say too, as well. So,
3: because you speak to your experiences, but... I'm going to speak to some observations. Um, I know men who are into the petty drama. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And I think I was saying earlier, I think it's an archetype thing. You know your temperament. I know my temperament. You know your temperament. I know what I want when I go home. I know what I've lived through. I know what I've had to survive in life. I want peace when I get home. Mm -hmm. But that's me knowing me. We've had men here from an older generation, I'll say, who seem to be into the petty drama. And from my observation, they don't know themselves. They're, they've told me in private conversations, I want to be like, and they say your name, or they say Jesse, or they say, and I'm staring at them, like, but you didn't go through any of what.
1: And, and maybe you're on to something, and, and the drama, the melodrama, the theater, the The points that you pointed out, Peace, maybe that's the vacuum being filled in their life that their lives have not had maybe what they define as the relevancy in their life. And so they're looking for a faux relevancy. Like Caitlin said, they look at this stuff to vent this energy and to just invite this kind of low impact, low liability chaos into their life in lieu of real life challenges. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but I really hear what you say and I will look at that mechanism and where we as people, when we are engaged, when we're in service, when we're living and doing our life, there's so much organic drama that goes on just in the the daily part of our life that we're just trying to Overcome gravity, just get through life. There can be so many things going on. And I think about entitlement and what a and disease that is when people feel they have a right for a certain position or place, and then they come with attitude. They come with that. Like you hear the issues on airplanes where people don't want to sit down. And I was at the school there, the guy didn't want to wear his mask at the school. Whatever your views, I mean, just put on the mask, get your kid, get the hell out of here. Let's just get in, get out. I, I don't want to. Argue, or they want to get in a knife fight, a gun battle, or oh, you know, it's it's just you know what I'm saying. And then um, when relationship stuff comes, uh, sometimes if you just do the math on your relationship, what are you asking for? What is your partner asking for? What is what comes easy? What do you have to work on? And once you have kind of answered those simple questions. You, the prize you win is harmony. It's, it's a prize, harmony. Harmony puts you in the cosmic flow. Now you can deal with other issues in life. Maybe you, as you and your whoever you are paired with or coupled with, whatever you're doing, then maybe then you guys can work on other challenges. Maybe we want to build a business. Maybe when we want to do whatever we, we don't. So the drama is no longer creating those kind of parasitic losses of time, energy, effort, and results, right? So as we work on our enlightenment, is what we always say here, we really, in yoga they say that the whole purpose of yoga is self-realization. When you're self-realized, one of the harshest lessons is the transiency of human life. Time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. And Sun Tzu and, and Mashimoto in the Book of Fire Room, Sun Tzu and the Art of War, as you really get into the, the depth of the text, and we've mentioned this before, then we talk about petty skirmishes. And it's said that a petty skirmish and a great battle require the same resources but offer... Different bounties. A great battle, you can win or lose the world. A petty skirmish, you win really nothing, no great prize, but you can still lose your life in both. Isn't that something? And I always ask people, is it worth your life? Is it? Is this argument worth everything? Uh, I watch people go through divorces. You know, somebody very close, my nephew, going through divorce, and 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 how hard would it have been for his partner to just to follow the advice of the therapist and be nice. That's all the, you know, the therapist told his ex. Uh, is kindness a problem? And she said, yeah, because I'm mad about things that happened a year ago. Not big things, but little, little slights. So I want to fall on my sword for that. I want to end everything. I want to destroy the earth because of some Anger issues I had or and, and she even until there I don't remember what I was mad about, but I know I was mad It made me mad, but I don't remember what I was mad about, but I remember I was mad That's drama melodrama. Is that crazy? But this is many people's norms. Yeah. This is the norm of many people. Um, I try to train my my children not to be in, in, engulfed in drama because they inherit it from our behavior, and, and so Drona wants to know everything that's going to happen in a day. He can't even, sometimes we can't just sit and do stuff, and he's like, okay, what's going to happen next? What about it? I said, okay, do you want to watch this thing trans- just evolve, or do you want to hear the end? You want to just skip and go to the end? It's like a movie spoiler, like I like to spoil movies for people, right? Like I went to see this movie, and uh, there was some movie, The Sixth Sense or something like that, and I just jumped up and said, everybody's dead! <laughs> and people just booed me in the theater. I'm that person in the movie theater, right? You go to the local neighborhood theater, I'm going to yell out the end of the movie because I like to watch movies two or three times and I'll just be there, just an annoyance. Because oh, oh. No, it's okay. He's not the killer. They go, oh, man, get out of here. Because I don't like—I like to get right to it. I don't like the drama. I don't like surprises, but that's me. I'm the extreme of that because I've had all of that. I told my wife, I she says, "I love surprises." I said, "Okay, I I don't know how to do that, so maybe you can have somebody else that gives you surprises because I don't really know how to do that because I don't want any surprises." You know what surprise? Surprise! Your family's dead. That's the kind of surprise I had surprise you're laid off from work okay I don't want that surprise I, I don't want it so I made a pact with the universe don't give me any surprises right I want a schedule and, and some people hate that they people love drama hate that you know I don't I don't want to come home and then people jump eh? I remember on one of my birthday parties Westchester I believe I was in Westchester might have been my I don't know, my 55th or 66th birthday. I don't know what that was. So I come home, and I'm telling my wife, look, I don't want to don't ever do this. We established that when we met. But if you want to do something on your own, separate from me, knock yourself out, all right? You know, clowns, airplanes crash, whatever you want to do, I don't want any surprises. So I'm coming home, and I notice all the clients I have, cars are parked in my neighborhood. So I drive around the block, and cars are parked all over the neighborhood. It's my birthday, or maybe around my birthday. So I said, why are all these people at my house on my day off? I walk in the house. Surprise! I remember how sick it made me. And I just controlled myself long enough, because that wasn't for me. That drama was, that was for my wife. She wanted that. She wanted to see my face. And she didn't like what she saw. So one of my oldest students, Reed, came up to me. And I really had a, I was really physically ill. Because I made a pact with the divine. Give me no surprises. Don't come to my, I don't want the LA coroner knocking on my door. Right? I don't want that. Excuse me, are you related to peace? We're sad to say, sir, but he's no more. Whoa! I don't. That, that's my idea of surprise. I don't want that shit. Okay. So, I, if, if I don't want those surprises, I can't have the good surprise. I, except that's how the universe works. You can't have tears without smiles. That's just the way life works. Einstein's theory, general theory of relativity. Okay. Sorry, that's the way it works. The only way you could be depressed is that you've been happy before. If you don't want to be depressed, stop being happy. So my thing was surprising. So I'm like trying to navigate everybody, and everybody who knows me is there is very uncomfortable with this. But because you know my wife called them, you know, they're in the dilemma. They're in a weird dilemma. Master P, everybody's like, "Mm, sure, you want to do this. And my wife just had to test the water. You know how you go to a petting zoo and there's a shark and you can pet the shark, or there's a 20-foot alligator and you can pet it. And every other person gets eaten by it and go, like, ah, oh, God, I didn't know what was going to happen to me. So that's the way it was. So my, my, my senior, one of my senior students, Reed, he comes up to me quietly and says, Zee, I know this is something you despise. <laughs> but I just want you to be calm. Your wife is nice, but she's ignorant, and I know you love her. So don't do anything here. I got a gift for you. you handed me a box of 9 millimeter ammunition. <laughs> that I could just hold like a security (laughs) blanket because I wanted to shoot everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Reed handed me a box. I still got it on my my gift shelf, a fresh box of 9mm ammunition. So I made uh, this kind of pact, a covenant, so to say, that I would reduce the impact of drama in my life by being open, clear, simple with people. And so I chose a nice, steady, moderate level of joy and made myself very easily understood. So there's no need for surprise, trickeries, or deep wonderment. Is that right, Caitlin? Pretty easy to read, pimple, you know what's up every day. Some people call that boring. People that like drama call that boring. I've even read books where, ah, this couple, they're just into such a a routine. Sometimes you have to spice up your relationship. No, you don't. No, you don't. You ain't got to spice it up. Okay? It's spicy enough for, for me. Honestly. I like it just the way I like I like everything with little jalapenos and hot sauce on it. You ain't got to wonder about that. That's not surprise. It's, all right. I go to Pieces Place. We go to Grill Fresh. I say I love it because you put a little more hot sauce on it. That's my spicy. That's, that's how I spice up life. You understand what I'm saying? That's how I spice up life. I go to certain restaurants. They don't hand me a menu. They say, Z, you're here, you get blah, blah, with the spice on it, right? That's it. That's my spicy. I don't want to find broken glass in it. I don't want to get E. coli. It's a surprise! Okay, so I don't need the drama. I don't need the drama. But you have to train yourself for that. And Caitlin gave us a lot of insight into that. But also, I want to you know, Vin, men and women's brains are made different. If you look under a a brain scan, a female brain and male brain is very different. Women have a much larger corpus callostrum, very large. You know, I studied this because my little boy has a genesis of the corpus callostrum, so he just has one big brain. He doesn't have like a left and right. He just has one big brain, so he does weird stuff. So women have a big middle line between their brain, a lot of dwelling time, a lot more dwelling time than men to go over stuff. And if the woman is not working on personal growth or enlightenment and you just leave it up to the whim of primitive nature, then you're going to be doing a lot of drama. Fellas are going to be doing a lot of drama. And then if we're still of lesser enlightenment, we see calmness, steadiness, the beautiful rituals of day, the rising and setting the sun, we see that as boring. I think one of the most exciting things that I ever do is see the sunrise. I, honestly, when I get up in the morning, I see the sunrise. It is so amazing, and see, this is what I'm saying. With people who work on themselves, that's exciting because you know, for one, I made it another day, I'm still alive. That's one. Sun rose, I got to see the sunrise again. The next thing is the very physics of life that I'm living is so fascinating. So you're telling me that this ball we're living on is, I always say is rotating at 1,033 and third mile an hour. We're sitting in front of a nuclear reactor, a star, 93 million miles away in the Hillary zone, the perfect, kind of like the perfect life zone, so to say, not the Hillary zone. That's the thing in, in um, Mount Everest that'll kill you. But we're sitting right here and this ball is rotating at over a 1,000 miles an hour and the sun looks like it's coming up real slow. Real slow. Then the cold becomes hot, lights up our day. We get busy like ants. And keep rotating, and it's, then it's heading over and settling down again. That's enough for me. I'm alive, I'm here with you. We get to hang out one more day. So for those who need drama, it's because we are not For one, we're not in gratitude of the life that we are fortunate to have. We're often overly entitled, which is deadly. And when you're overly entitled, you feel you deserve things that you haven't earned. You want more and more stuff going on. You want attention put on you, and you've never done anything. You didn't win a war. You didn't save the children. You didn't rescue a cat. Yeah, but you shouldn't have. It had rabies. So you should have put it down. But um, as we we work online, we want to get out of this drama phase because it's not good for our mental health and our physical health. It, It will lead to depression because you can't get enough of theater. It's like when people don't get to watch their soap opera. You follow me, Vin?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of a few things as we're talking, Z. Just summarizing what you're saying that we get into this dramatic state, one, because we're not present. Uh, So if we're looking for something else, a lot of times, as you point out, maybe we're just not, our mind isn't here. And if we're not here, we're not appreciating what's actually going on. Even if things are going on that are incredible, that are interesting, that bear some attention, if we're not attuned to it, it feels like there's nothing happening and we have to move to a state of looking for something else. So I would put that as number one, we need a certain amount of presence. Uh, We talked about gratitude, uh, which is also a recurring theme on this podcast, just being grateful for the things that we do have. Because as soon as we get out of that mindset of gratitude, uh, again, we end up looking for for something different to keep our attention, something more than what we already have. You could couple that with this need that we have. I mean, this addiction to stimulation, uh, which... A lot of it is technology. Uh, A lot of it might just be habit. But the fact that we need to keep on bouncing from one thing to the next to the next, uh, which all of these things interact, because then that takes us away from the present. uh, That plays some tricks on our mind, and uh, we go into the state where we're just looking for that next hit, that next little bit of excitement, something to to titillate the mind while we pass the time waiting to die uh, instead of immersing ourselves in what's happening right now. And I'll add one more thing, Zee, and maybe this is more of an all-encompassing principle that relates to uh, these three elements uh, that we just talked about. I thought it was very interesting you said as you started talking that people who need drama aren't really living. Uh, they're not really immersed in the world. So if we really take this time to to explore, to engage Whatever it is, and there's no formula saying that you have to live one way or another, but it's a precious opportunity. It's a short amount of time, and all of us have something that sparks our interest and our passion, something that elevates us, calms the mind, lifts the spirit. We've talked about life being a book, and you want to fill that book with different chapters, different experiences, different people, different cultures, and so forth. So, for those of us who don't go out and explore and engage and question and immerse, life isn't that interesting. And maybe then we actually do have a reason to escape. And so maybe that pushes us towards the drama and the speculation uh, and uh, just uh, this idle chatter. You know, a lot of it is gossip. It's, oh, what's going on with this person or that person? Or did you hear about this? And can you believe that? Uh, and it becomes, as we've talked about, that cinema, that constant cinema, that theater going on in the mind. It, but to me, that's not a real solution. I, I mean, that's, uh, th- that's a Band-Aid. You know, maybe it's kind of like being in a hospital where if you have nothing to do and you're just lying on a bed, yeah, maybe you spend most of the day watching TV just to pass the time, but that's not a permanent solution. If you get out of the hospital and that's your life and you're just always watching some crappy program, th- that's no way to live. Uh, so it's the same analogy in my mind, that maybe a little bit of drama is fine, a little bit of gossip. Uh, Caitlin, you talked about how you've got some outlet for that, uh, so you can put some limits around that. Uh, but it can't be your entire existence, because if it's your entire existence, it prevents you from actual engagement in the world. Uh, so I guess that's what I think about Z uh, when we're fleshing this topic out a bit. And the reasons that we get more into this dramatic state, I mean, if I have to think about each one of these, the solutions are are pretty straightforward. I mean, we've talked about solutions for being present, uh, solutions for being grateful. Some of these have to do with meditation. Some have to do with morning routines, just getting up, spending some time uh, to, uh, uh, to, to give thanks uh, for what we have, for the people in our lives. We've talked about meditating on death, and that's something that brings us back to the present, brings us back to that state of gratitude. Uh, We've talked about exploring passions and doing things that really spark your interest, that nurture your intellect. We've talked about relationships as also something so fundamental to life. Uh, That's something that we need to engage in. These are the things that come to my mind as an antidote to drama. So can we move from that virtual world of drama? It's almost like our own private metaverse where we're just living in our mind to an actual existence in real life that is much more fulfilling. What are your thoughts on this? Is there anything I'm missing? Any other advice that you would provide?
1: But I would, again, go back to our mission is to mitigate human suffering. And what is has the antidotes for the, for, for the drama addiction? Well, let's start with the Kela Yantra, the, the time management mantra. I've been talking a piece about that. Time is the one thing you will never get back. So the the god Kayla is the god of time, the one god that is unforgiving. And let us start our day by finishing our day. So in the next few hours, as the sun sets on the west coast, it's already set on the east coast, preparing ourselves for evening. Here's, Here's the thing. We know a few things about the human condition that... When we work with the circadian clock, the universal time management, the rise and setting of the sun, so to say, we know that we should be finished with our meals by a reasonable time within eight hours of the start of our first meal. So when you do that, there's less digestive drama when you set those healthy boundaries, when you eat within an eight-hour window from the first meal you had, from your breakfast to your evening meal. Managing your time. When you're done with work, be done with work. Work on that. You are not, and your job is not that interesting. Whatever went on at work is rarely worth discussing it at home unless it is about enlightenment or education or a shared lesson. Please take note of that so that we will not be susceptible to drama, where we will try to make the uninteresting interesting and create characters, theaters, and role-playing negative things in our life. So, respecting time. So when I'm done with work, I'm just done. There's nothing I can do until tomorrow. The banks are closed. The offices are closed. Nothing's going to happen tonight other than what? What's happening tonight? Family time or whatever it is with your family. You're gonna hang out with your kids, you're gonna put your kids together, you're gonna to, to bed, you're gonna do whatever it is, and you're gonna have some time to spend with your partner because that's watering the garden. I call that watering the garden when you nurture your relationship with your beloved or whatever else, whatever you got going on, that you just check in. It's not doesn't have to be heavy, doesn't have to be deep, but we're here with each other and we're evaluating that and checking in on making sure everything's okay. You try to get a good night's sleep. If your sleep is disturbed and you got drama in your head, that's usually what disturbs sleep because you got a lot of stuff in your head. Rarely are physiological things alone keeping you awake. Very rarely are there physiological things, pain or discomfort that force you to stay up. What usually happens is the theater, the dramatic portrayal of life is going on in your head, right? Huh? Is
3: that
1: a yeah, and so you're up all night going over stuff that might have happened, did happen. What about this? What about that? Drama. You're up all night watching an endless, an endless novellas. That's what you do. All kind of novellas going on in your head. So, you want to work on that. Then you rise in the morning from a restful state, hopefully. And allow the day to unfold as it does. Usually during the weekdays, it's a scheduled day. Same thing, over Monday through Friday, same thing. That's why Friday night is Miller time, right? (laughs) Or whatever it is, okay? So uh, not that I'm advocating alcoholism. I don't do that, but I'm just using a, a, was that a meme or something? So as we manage our time better, all functions follow that. Everything is a slave to the taskmaster time. Whatever you give your time to, that's what you become. Over and over and over. Acknowledge your addiction to drama because of the emptiness of your own life. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I haven't done a lot of interesting things in my life, and I'm not really that interesting of a person. So in order to fill that up, I create drama. There's nothing wrong with it. A lot of artists act out stuff that they'll never do. You meet movie stars. You say, hey, man, I saw you in a movie, and you fought 50 space aliens. Then you had 40 girlfriends. And you meet him, and he's just like a scared guy that isn't interested in women. So it's just like they're, they're playing a role. So we all can play roles. But we need to say what that is. There are people who call sports fans. It's amazing. There are people who are diehard sports fans. They've never broke a sweat paying a sport, but they own all the team gear. Their car is rigged up for the team, and, and they'll they'll actually beat you with baseball bats at the local sports stadium if you're cheering for the other team. For the one day in their life, they become homicidally aggressive because of their fanatic connection to their local team, right? But acknowledge that. There's something you want to respect about. They, they, they wear weird hats, and they used to have one team, and they would wear cheese hats, and just the most ridiculous things you've ever seen. But it's a good way to acknowledge and vent your craving for the crack of drama. It's like a drug, right? It's the, it's the ever fentanyl that you just can't help but taking, drama. So I want you to use the Caitlin, the Caitlin prescription, okay? Caitlin's prescription is take a certain time out of your day, whatever, and watch your novellas. And when you're done watching that, you're done watching it. Now you can sit calmly and be a normal person. And a productive... Right, Caitlin? There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's an excellent thing. So whatever you like to watch... See, I love uh, alien and war movies. When I'm at home and nothing's going on and I just need to vent, I watch these disaster movies. You know, plane disaster, boat disaster. Because I it, it feels good watching... Really ignorant people perish. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Master Z. I'm a nice guy, but I'm a regular human being. And sometimes I just feel good. It's like watching wrestling or MMA, right? People just beating each other with hammers. It just it feels good. And some guy is bragging and he's got a tattooed face. Everybody wants to see him die. That's why they're going to MMA. You want to see him bloody. There's no skill involved. I just. I can't wait till they start using. Uh, bats and hammers and and the crowds will get bigger and bigger. So let us be honest about when we crave drama. There are some people that love debate. They love to push buttons and get into heated arguments just for the joy of getting that energy worked up. But a good person who does that is know that I enjoy this. They tell you right up front, I enjoy this. We're gonna play this out. It's just like these people I think John Tay told me he went to a fetish club or something like that. So what's a fetish club? I don't know what that is. He said, well, we go, we dress up like different kind of people, and we we have sex with other uh, people dressed like comic book characters. So John Tay really enjoys this thing, but then when he leaves that, he's pretty normal and mellow. But he understands where that goes, and he schedules it in. Right, John Tay? Yeah, that's right. So, So... So that's something that John Tay does with his, with, with his friends and things like that. So as long as you own it, you can control it. It's when you don't own it and you don't even know why you're doing it, that's when it has to be really checked. You follow me, Ben?
0: Yeah, I like that, that characterization, Z, because you said a couple of important things. One is boundaries, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast, which is just knowing that we have certain tendencies, we have certain biases, uh, certain fetishes, (laughs) like what you just brought up. And that's okay. Uh, We can do it to a certain extent as long as we understand the limit of it, as long as it doesn't take over our entire life and consume us. So I kind of look at it the same way as the time I'm spending On social media, in the virtual world, getting the the music up and running, there's a certain amount of time I can dedicate to it. If I do too much and get sucked into that world, then it's bad for me. And I know it's bad for me. I can feel that it's bad for me. So it's how do I set those boundaries and how do I make sure that I'm monitoring myself uh, so that I'm not destroying my brain and my sanity, spending too much time in this virtual existence? So the boundaries, in my mind, became very important. And the other thing that you said, which I think is very powerful, is just being aware of yourself. You know, if we want to own ourselves, the first step is we have to be aware of ourselves. If we're not even aware that we're engaging in drama or we're not even willing to admit in some cases that maybe we like the drama because it's satisfying some other hole in our life. We haven't lived the way that we wanted to. Uh, We have some need to act out our, our, our fantasies or project them on other people and other situations, then we'll never be able to fix the problem. So the first thing is admitting the problem. And to admit the problem, we need that sense of self. We need that awareness of what's driving us, what we're doing, why we're doing it, whether it's benefiting us or not. And once we have that awareness, then we get to the stage of setting the limits and the boundaries, doing the containment strategy that Caitlin and Jante uh, seem to seem to have mastered and then hopefully we've got we've got a nice flow. You know, we got some nice back and forth between the the drama and the theater of the mind, and then getting back and doing things that are more actually being out in the real world and and actually living. So I guess that's how I would break it down. Z, you know, if we have that awareness, we can section something off. We can control it. We can manage it. Maybe just some final thoughts, either for you or for the group. I mean, how do we? How do we build that awareness and and how do we set those boundaries? Because I think a lot of times, you go back to the awareness. I mean, you said something interesting a few minutes ago, how there's nothing wrong with admitting that you're a boring person. (laughs) You've done nothing interesting in life. You have no value as a human being. You're not interesting. Your life's not interesting. That's okay. Just admit it. But – That's a very painful thing to admit. So if you happen to be in that category, and maybe we all are to some extent, I don't know. I mean, most people probably can look and say, okay, if I'm really objective, maybe there are more things I should be doing, more risks that I should be taking, but I don't want to think about it because it's going to eat at me. How do we get past the ego or whatever the defense mechanisms are so we can get that clarity, that awareness? And then once we have that, we can start the containment strategy.
1: Yeah, Van. I'm gonna let I'm gonna turn it over to the, the crew here. But I lo- I would say to all of our opt out folks, be okay with understanding. There's eight billion people in ten different stories. We're just not that interesting. Um, and everything on this earth wants to live. Most of us are our, our lives have been as significant as a lettuce growing in a garden or a weed growing out of the grass. We've offered the earth that much. We have left that big of an impact. Most of us have left the same impact on Earth as a head of lettuce. It's okay. But even the lettuce wants to live. The lowliest of plant and creature produces some mechanism that helps it survive. So everything wants to live. Let's share that with all the life forms on the planet, but also subjugate the ego. We are not that interesting.
3: Okay? You guys, peace. Jay, uh, I mean, you pretty much summed it up in my mind. Um, Vin said it's a painful thing to admit, or ho- I, I, I just disagree wholeheartedly because you are who you are. Um, you've lived the life you've lived. You have the experiences you have. I've now at this juncture in my journey trained with enough men, speaking from the male side, who have tried to live a life they weren't built for. They've tried to play roles they never read the script for. And it never works out well. So ultimately, it's just, it's looking in the mirror. It's turning the microscope on yourself.
1: There you go. Subjugate the ego and uh,
4: peace. Take my, um, our daughter into school and she's in performing arts and. the class is called drama, and I never cared about the name for the class to even be called drama. Seventh <laughs> grade, and you go into drama class, and I had to explain to her what that comes with, because like, it comes with gossiping and all types of mm-hmm. stuff, and especially yeah. for a 13-year-old now who's going to go to high school— there's a certain type of communication that you may be around your friends and then they start this gossip and then it's just going to create conflict and mm-hmm. chaos and so forth. So for me, I wish they, I would like them to, in school, just change the theater class. You're going to theater class right. instead of going to drama class. I don't want nothing to do with drama. Because you don't need a class for it either. Life right? don't hit you. It's every day. <laughs> <clears throat> Drama's every day. So I'm someone in the space of where I'm at um, just really for you to really get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Very, very important to get to know yourself and understand that this new distraction of social media, the younger generation, it's not being explained through the adults to even the younger generation that they're going to continue to, uh, what is that? Where you, where you, yearn for? it. Like you can't live without it. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't think they should have it on TV at all, at, at all. And and you've seen skits. So, when influencers have developed through social media to make funds and they would do uh, a rape skit of a situation, of like, you know, or a robbery or a drive by, and people will like all those reviews of that type of drama. We just don't want to be sick. No, no. Mentally or physically. And I think that as time goes past, when you just, when you explain about UFC, I'm like, could that really happen? Well, you're like, they're going to have bets, you know? 20, 30, 40 years from now, or something like that. They like they have
1: bare knuckle now. They have pillow yeah.
4: fighting too. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, so you just, you just, it's very important for us to really, really understand where that is going to go. And me hiring a young lady today, our team hiring a young lady today at our at our restaurant. Um, there's a lot going on where where they're they want to they're hearing about what we're doing with mental health and so forth. And I've explained to the young lady today, out of all the things that she's going through mentally, being you know, just going through certain things at home or a station and this and that. We're at a point that we don't have programs set up for that, hey. for for situations they go through. But we will take chances to provide a safe place for you. Well,
1: just be careful about that. So that when you invite drama into your world, yes. Yes. it can be like inviting a cancer or yes. whatever into your life. Correct. So don't invite it in. It'll come anyway. No matter what, it, yeah. It'll show up anyway. So don't invite it in. Yeah. Don't add more. Caitlin, can you finish the show for us? I'm saying that you're the, the one voice of the, you are the drama expert here.
2: Yeah, um, if you're looking for a good show to watch that's fun about young people and all that, I, I suggest Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. Just because it's an island full of really, really attractive people, and the one rule is they can't hook up. It's fun. I'm killing everybody
1: there. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch any um, satanic. That's movie. it. Uh,
2: that's my current. I'm
1: hooking up with it all yeah, the sure high.
2: That's 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 my vibe right now. I watch it with my roommate. We have a great time.
1: And then once you've done with that, can you be in peace? Are you at peace for a while? Yeah. Are you still for it? So that's that's worth it. So uh, let's suggest that to all the people who uh, have a higher appetite for drama. It's a way to uh, process it. All right, Vin.
0: Yeah, Z, kind of a depressing note to end on, but I'll take it.
1: <laughs> no, that's do, do what you can. She's giving us the Manners lesson. Manage the way that you need to. Maybe someone in your life could use that to help uh, buffer the drama and make it all easier because yeah. we just want to live in harmony.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Boring I'll harmony. second that.
1: All right, let's shut it down. Thanks, everybody. Thank Check you. out Dharma Media. Check out The Opt Out, Dispassionate Observer, and uh, do what you can to mitigate human suffering. Start with yourself. Thank you.
0: (laughs) If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.